Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Carrier. Turn to the experts. Maria, this is Jim. How can I help you? I have a couple tiles that's broken. I mean, it's they're, they're whole, but they popped out of the wall around my tub. And uh, I want to know what I need to do to glue them back in there. Well, they actually make an adhesive that you can put on the tile and put it back in place. And it will give you a temporary fix because n almost always what causes this is moisture has been getting behind that tile and messed with the the backing of it. And usually it's going to end up being it's a uh, sheetrock backer instead of a concrete backer board. So you can do a, a temporary fix on it, but I will guarantee you, and, and I hate to tell you this, but more than likely you're going to end up taking the tile off, putting on a concrete backer board, and having a new tile put in. Oh, my goodness. Well, you never did tell me what, what you're talking about would be temporary. Oh, it's just a regular uh, adhesive. Uh, are you going to try to do this yourself, or are you going to you need somebody to do it? I probably it? can, uh-huh. Okay. If you go up to uh, Home Depot, Lowe's, any of those stores, go into the tile section, uh, they have a, a little tub of adhesive for loose tiles. Hmm. Okay, because when I called in before, uh, I was referred to, um, oh, the name of a store there. Floor and Decor. Floor and decor, and when I went in there, they told me they wanted to sell me a kit. Well, I've only got two tiles, and I don't want to spend twenty-five or thirty dollars for a kit. Yeah. And so, but then they said something about silicone, and I thought you were. That's why I wanted to call back in because well, you, I thought you, you could use silicone. You but can use I'm, silicone, and it, let me tell you, silicone will hold it just fine. But they do make a regular adhesive for it as well. I hadn't heard about that. I'm glad I called because the the silicone, I was told or understood before that that it did not ever completely harden. Not enough well, it really hold it, it there. It dries, but silicone never hardens. Silicone is a soft, uh, pliable type material. But when you you can use silicone, it makes a great glue, and so it would it would definitely hold that tile in place with no problem. Oh really? Well, I've got, I've got a tube of that holding in my hand right now. <laughs> ah, go to town with it. Put it on the. Just make sure you don't put so much that it squeezes out. Oh, uh huh. Uh -huh. Uh, but other than that, yeah, it it'll, it'll definitely hold it. But what you're going to find is you're going to have other tiles in the near future that are going to start popping off. So in the next couple years, you're going to probably end up rebuilding this this tub surround. Well, I don't know. These have been off a good while now. Just put off trying to put them back <laughs> yeah okay well thank you very much i'm sure glad i called back in because uh i didn't know about a special kind of tile that they had i mean uh adhesive, adhesive for that yeah but you know but, if but you, you got the, the silicone, silicone would be okay being i've already got it on hand yes ma'am okay thank you very much you're welcome i bye enjoy bye. your program well thank you uh-huh bye-bye and again, our number is 713-212-5874. Just FYI, if you're going to build a shower, a bathtub surround, anything that's near the water that way, that is not what the moisture rock is for. The moisture rock, the green rock, whatever you want to call it, is for all the bathroom. 
when you get around the tub surround and showers, you have to use a concrete backer board. Why builders are so darn cheap and don't put the concrete backer board is beyond me, but these, these things would last so much longer if they would do that. We're going into a holiday weekend next weekend. Well, Thursday. Uh, every, you know, and a lot of people are leaving even before that. When you leave your house, you're closing up your house. You know, everybody always thinks about taking care of the mail and, and that kind of stuff. Newspaper and the mail, if anybody still gets the newspaper. Most of that's online now. But the things you really need to worry about, shut the water off to the house. Shut the water heater off. Now, if you got a tankless water heater, you don't have to worry about shutting it off. But if you got a tank type water heater, shut it off. Uh, especially if you know if you're only gone for one night, I don't worry about this kind of stuff. Or for a weekend, when you start get where you're going to be gone for three, four, five days, that's when I start telling you start shutting these things off. Uh, because it, one, it can help with utility bills, but two. If there's a break, when's it going to happen? It's going to happen when nobody's home. So it floods out the house, and inevitably I get calls every single year where people went on holiday. They come home from Thanksgiving or Christmas or whichever one. A pipe broke. Water was running out of the front of the house, and the neighbors didn't know what was going on, and they watched it for a day or two before they shut the water off. Shut the water off when you leave. Leave a couple lights on in the house, and if you can put them on timers so they come on and off, that that's even better. I mean, let's face it, this is the time of year we start getting into a lot of theft issues as packages being delivered to the front of the house and things like that. But uh, I, I would really recommend if, you, if you're one who gets a lot of packages delivered, you know, get motion sensors up there uh, to, to tell when somebody's coming. There's just a lot of things we can do to help ourselves. And again, one of the big ones is shut the water off to the house. Now, I don't typically tell people to shut the electricity off, but if you're going to be gone for a couple weeks, then I start telling you, hey, let's go start unplugging all the things that glow. And that's those little things that are drawing electricity when you're not using them. Uh, the DVD player, the, the cell phone chargers, not that they use a lot, but they're all drawing some electricity the whole time that they're on. And so you can unplug these things and and not have to worry about paying for the electricity. Besides that, you need to take the cell phone charger with you anyway, so unplug it. Let's head down to League City and hello Kevin. Hi, how are you? Wonderful. How hey. about you? Ah, uh, doing doing all right. I had a uh, plumbing question. Okay, uh, my upstairs bathroom had a, a clog in it somewhere. It was past the P uh you know, the P-trap and everything. Uh, I tried to, uh, to suck it out with a shop vac, tried Drano. Eventually, I ended up calling a plumber. Uh, they came out, tried the shop vac thing, but he blew it out with the shop vac, and it seemed to be clear, let the water run for a couple minutes. It, it was good. And then the next night, uh, we noticed it was a, a like a glub-glub sound, like, like air passing through it. Yep. And it's been doing that ever since. I was just wondering if there was a remedy for that. It, 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 the glove glove is that only happening when you are i mean it, when does it happen when you when you flush it or if it's just sitting there or when uh if i run water through the upstairs uh sink for a little while it'll start doing it 
And even if we don't do that, it seems like there's water coming from the downstairs. Like, uh, uh, I don't know if the line passes through, um, you know, if the downstairs uh, sink or the, the uh, toilet is flush, sometimes I'll start doing it. Okay. That's an indication, then, that you got a vent problem. Uh, and it's, it's you know, you, you had something that was plugging the line. And it sounds like whatever was plugging the line is now blocking the vent a little bit. Okay. Uh, the, and, t- typically, the easiest way to fix that is to run a snake from the vent on the roof down. Okay. And a, that, and a lot of times it doesn't even have to be a snake. You know, a lot of times, how old a house is it? League City, there's uh, a lot of new houses. in 93. Okay, so it's it's all PVC. I'll tell you, if it was me, the first thing I would do is go on the roof and drop a water hose down through that uh, the vent stack right there uh-huh. and try to blow it out that way. Okay. Uh, I'd really look. There's Is there just one one vent that you're talking about, or are there, are there, are there several? Well, um, it all depends on how your house is vented. Uh, you know, some depending on how far the sinks are away from the toilet and the bathtub and everything will depend on if they've got to have separate vents. So usually what you're going to look for is a pipe that's sticking up above that bathroom that's about, uh, for a toilet, it's going to be typically a 3-inch diameter. Okay. And I think that'll take take care of you. All right. Thanks, sir. You bet. Take care, Kevin. Have a, have a happy Thanksgiving. You too. And, you know, let's face it. Thanksgiving is when all the plumbing problems happen. It waits until you got a house full of people, and you've rushed, you've 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 run all the uh, celery and carrots down through the garbage disposal, and it plugs everything up. That's when it happens. We'll be right back. Kevin, this is Jim. Hey, Jim, how you doing? Wonderful. How about you? I'm doing well, thank you. Hi, question: I moved into a new build uh, a little less than a year ago. And the builders were thoughtful enough to to leave uh, a stack of extra bricks for me, but they put them they put them out on the driveway. And I guess they've been there long enough to where once we once we got them removed, there's a nice stain on the driveway. And I've tried you know uh, a couple of things to remove it, and have been unsuccessful. And I didn't know what you would recommend to remove a stain made by by new bricks on a new driveway. It, it, the how long ago did you remove them? Oh, they've been gone for uh, several months. Back, okay, uh, so it's it's something back. that's it's something that's embedded into the concrete then. Right. Uh, I, I got to be honest. The only thing that comes to mind is something that's going to be somewhat destructive on it. So I, I don't know that you'd really want to do it. But uh, an acid wash may take it off. Okay. And to do to do an acid wash, you'd basically take acid and mix water in it, uh, and I think it's normally a fifty-fifty mix. Okay. Uh, scrub it down, rinse it off real good. But like I say, the issue is when you do that, you're you're actually, you know, kind of like when when people do a, a a facial peel, they peel off that top layer of skin. Right. You're kind of doing that on the concrete to to try to take it off. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's kind of what I was afraid of, but I didn't yeah. know if it was any little, little less uh, aggressive than than that that would work. But you know, I, I think I, I think I tried like rust remover, and that that didn't do anything to it. 
No, because really what's happened is the, the, the clay off of the brick has gotten down into the pores of the concrete and okay. and it's weeped into the concrete material. Uh, okay, I got you. Sure. Okay, well, I may, I may give it a try, maybe just a little bit of a mount, see what I can do to, to at least help uh, remove some of that then. Okie doke. I appreciate the advice. Have a good Thanksgiving. Okay, thanks, Jim. You too. Hi, Jim. I have a question. I have a small house, 24 by 48, in Huntsville, Texas, and it's a pier and beam house built in 1980. I have masonite siding on it, and now it's rotten. Can I put hardy board on a pier and beam, or would that be too much weight? If I can, who should I use to do the job? Thanks, Andy Klein. Andy, you absolutely can put hardy siding on a pier and beam the way, and block and base and all of the, the houses and stuff. The weight is not a problem. Heck, I use it on my deer blinds because I don't want to have to, to deal with the rotten wood and stuff. And we I, we put it on the, the little block and base house at our deer lease when, uh, when I sided it. I've got it on my own home here. A lot of people think that it's unbelievably heavy. Is it a little bit heavier than wood? Absolutely. Is it massively heavy? No. Your foundation will never know it's there. And out of Houston, call Victor's Remodeling and Construction. They come up to the Huntsville area and will be more than happy to take care of that for you. Joey, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you? Hey, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, just, uh, I've been listening to your show for a bit because I was thinking about buying a house, and I finally did. Uh, inspector says it's great great shape. It's uh, built in 04. Uh, he says it's in better shape than some new homes he's seen, but um, one thing is the AC is as old as the house. It's a train. Imagine, imagine a three-ton, um, and it's, he says it's louder than it, definitely louder than it should be, and it's right outside my bedroom. So uh, two things. One is how can I prolong the life of this thing I am getting a home warranty uh, through the sale, but uh, how can I prolong the life a little bit? And number two, maybe the same answer, uh, how do I quiet it, quieten it down a little? Well, let me ask you, what is the noise that you're hearing? Uh, I didn't. I didn't. Is, I wasn't there except for the very end of the inspection, so I didn't hear it kick on, but he just okay. said that it just, I, I'm, I'm guessing the normal sound is louder than well, the, the reason I ask that, if it's, it, does, it, does the house have gas or is it all electric? All electric. Okay. There's two things that can make that noise then. And one of them is going to be the, uh, the compressor. If the compressor starts wearing out, and when you're on an all-electric house, and you have uh, a heat pump, do you know if it has a heat pump? Uh, no, I don't. Okay, you said it's a train system, right? Yes, sir. More than likely you have a heat pump. The heat pump, what it does is it it's, it's operates through the compressor, just like if you're running the air conditioner, only in reverse. It's pulling the warm air out of the air outside and basically putting it into the house. Okay. Now, that's a simplified way of saying it, but th right. that's, that's in essence what it does. So the compressor runs a lot more than, say, a house that's got gas heat. The parts in the compressor can start to wear, and they'll start to rattle a little bit. 
it can last for years and years after it starts rattling. And quite frankly, if that's what it is, there ain't a whole heck of a lot you can do. You wait till it wears wears out and breaks and then put a new compressor on it or replace as old as your unit is, I would tell you to replace the whole thing. Uh, the other thing that rattles okay. is, is and, actually... Uh, is there any ahead. way to quiet that down? Not really. <laughs> if, if, if that's well. what it is, there, there's no, no way to quiet it down. Normally, you don't hear it unless you're running the heater, though. Okay, Andy said there was a noise that the furnace was making, and again, I didn't hear it because I, I didn't hear these things turn on, but yeah, that there was some unusual sound the furnace was making, but I, I imagine that's going to take a little bit more inspection. Yeah, well, and again, the only time you hear that compressor typically rattling like that is if you're running the heat because it's running in reverse. Normally, during the summer months, uh, when you're running the air conditioner, it doesn't rattle. Uh, and even when you're running the heat and it's, you know, the, the type of temperatures we had last night, for instance, and this morning, normally the compressor itself wouldn't rattle then. It it starts rattling the colder it gets, and usually it gets down into the 30s is when it'll start rattling. Okay. More than likely what you've got is the something to do with the fan motor that's rattling. Uh, and it could be something as simple as just the shroud over the top of the sh fan motor. The, the nuts come loose, and that thing starts rattling like heck. Uh, so... Chances are real good it's going to be something that's relatively minor because even if you got to replace the fan motor, they are not expensive. Okay. Well, then we will hope for that, Jim, my man. Now, here's here's what I would tell you to do. Have you closed on the house yet? Uh, I I have not, but we're past options. No, and, and that's fine. When once you close. And you get ready, because I typically, I don't like to use that kind of stuff in negotiations a whole lot. Once you close, get somebody like Advent Air to come out there and take a look at it and service the unit right away. Because if it's just loose nuts and bolts here and there, they can tighten that stuff up. And let me tell you, that'll extend the heck out of life of it. it the longer you, it's just like a car. The longer you leave things loose, the more wear and tear you have on it, th that shortens the life of it. That, that that was I did go ahead and, and recommend that through the agent and uh, they are and, and he said he gets his service every year so I imagine maybe it's the end of the year and he hasn't gotten his service yet and uh, so we're gonna get him to service and they had no problem with that so yeah hopefully, hopefully I'm, I'm betting I'm betting it's just gonna be right there up at the the fan motor in order to service it they they typically take the shroud off the top. And if those bolts started coming loose, it rattles and makes more noise than normal. Tighten everything up, and you'll probably be good to go again. Awesome. Here's one that came in quick email. I have a question. I want to install some cabinets, uppers, in my garage. However, the wall that I want to install them on has OSB under the drywall. It's very difficult to find the studs. Is it okay to screw the cabinets directly to the OSB through the drywall great question because you know where where do you hit that point where you say yeah this is a good idea or no it's not well you're not going to know how thick the dry the uh, osb board is now you could actually drill a hole and i guess figure out how thick it is but if it was me yeah i wouldn't have a problem attaching the cabinets through the osb board 
but I wouldn't necessarily just use a regular screw. What I would use would be a heavy-duty uh, expandable-type anchor or molly bolts, one or the other. Uh, you know, where they something that flares out on the backside behind the plywood, uh, especially since it's OSB, the bigger the circle you can make as far as a mushroom head on the backside or the toggles that open up, whatever, the bigger it is, the more solid it will be on the wall. Uh, now, I will tell you, though, the, the best thing to do is go to one of the corners, measure over 16 inches, or 24. There's three sizes of stud spacing, 16, 20, and 24. So go to one of the corners and start measuring out. And you can use just small drill bits that are going to be behind the cabinets. Uh, drill some holes and see if you hit the studs. Once you find the first one, you just got to measure out where the rest of them are. But if you want to use something that expands behind the, the uh, OSB board, you, you will be just fine. You'd be amazed at how many times that's even done in kitchens when it shouldn't be, but it is. I had an email question that came in uh, just a few minutes ago while we were, while we were on the uh, last hour of the show. I listen to you every Sunday on my way to work. I live in Arlington, Texas, and I work in Fort Worth. I have a couple of small jobs that I need done in my home, and the people I tried to contact in my area want to gouge me on prices, and that's ridiculous. I just need someone to come in and replace the inside flushing stuff for both of my bathroom tanks and also the hot water faucet drip, so I need the washer replaced. Can you recommend anybody who can come out to my home and do those two small jobs without gouging me on prices? Well, it depends on what you're, what you're considering as gouging on prices. Uh, honestly, if they're trying to charge you, you know, several hundred dollars, yeah, that's probably getting into being a little bit excessive. But you can figure that in order to come out and you know replace the washers in the faucet because they won't be able to just open it up and plain replace one most valves the way they work nowadays have o-rings in them and washers and there's several things so there's a regular repair kit that you have to do you open it up you take the valve apart replace the pieces and put it back together and you typically do both handles at the same time uh, and then replacing the parts inside the tanks, uh, you're probably going to be looking at between $150 and $200 by the time you get all that done. And it's not that the parts are all that expensive. It's just the time. And you got to remember, it's not just the time they spend in the home. It's time to get there and the time to get to the next one because the person doing the work has to be paid for all of that. Uh, so, you know, that's, uh, again, it, it really depends on what you're considering gouging price-wise, but that's kind of uh, the pricing area that you're going to be looking at. As far as somebody who can do it, uh, when I was talking with Denise and we were talking about the tunneling plumbing, West also does full-service plumbing. Uh, you know, whether you're wanting to replace water lines in the home, just replace the valves in the toilet, whatever. You know, we, we do all of it, so we can definitely help you with that. I heard you talking to Jimmy Barrett that refineries are needing people and would train them. I have a 25-year-old son that needs a career. Can you send me some names and places to contact for jobs? Thank you. 
and what that's referring to, and, and here's kind of how uh, it, it it actually is tied to home improvement. What that's referring to is, like I said, I'm I'm into doing a lot of different things, and I go, I travel throughout Texas virtually every week, uh, checking on things and and being in different uh, meetings and organizations and stuff and one of the organizations i'm in down in the houston area even though i live in dallas i do a lot of stuff in houston because I, I grew up there is uh in the re, in the trades industry and the refineries are falling into the trades industry nowadays as far as uh being able to scout hire and train qualified people and I got a call from one of our affiliate stations to talk because there was an article that came out uh, that a couple of the banks put together. Um, I think it was Bank of America and Merle Lynch saying that people without uh, college degrees, that their pay level is, that is, is going down, that people with college degrees are, are naturally making a lot more money. And, uh, I, I had to disagree with the article, and I'm going to tell you, and, and really this kind of goes out for a lot of the, the parents out there to hopefully you can steer your kids in the right direction. There is absolutely nothing wrong with not getting a college degree, but learning a trade. You know, we talked with uh, Mike uh, from Advent Air a little while ago. Uh, we've talked with uh, plumbers and, and different trades on the show. These guys all make... Now, uh, Mike, obviously, he owns Advent Air, makes good money, but I'm talking about the people who work for him. They make great money. Plumbers make great money. Welders make great money. All these trades where you learn a skill make excellent money. Working in refineries and places like that, you can make really good money. All of these trades are struggling to find people to fill the positions. And the main reason? Qualified people. And there has never been a more important time to keep your kids clean and off drugs and out of legal trouble than there is right now. You cannot, especially if they're not going to go to college, but you cannot go into even a construction site anymore and get a job if you have you know big criminal records if you have drug history and different things like that you darn sure can't walk into refineries and stuff like that and the main reason for it is you're working with life and death situations all the time you screw up and drop something and it hits somebody in the head you can kill them and that's the main reason that they're so particular on who they hire it's not that the jobs aren't there it's that we as a society are misbehaving nowadays and not keeping ourselves ready for these type of positions. So I, I want to caution parents, please, if your son or daughter doesn't want to go to college, don't force them. Now, I've got three kids of my own. All three of my kids, I will, I will tell you up front, went to college. I got two in college actually right now. But my... my uh, my oldest son, you hear me talk about him all the time. He's a professional engineer. My second son went to college for two years. It was not his thing. Now, he, he went back to work for me, but he always had the desire to be in the military, so he joined the Marine Corps. When he got out, college was a wonderful fit for him. 
and he's now getting his engineering degree as well. My daughter, she's in college uh, for marketing, and uh, she's, she'll do very well. But you don't have to go to college to be successful. What you have to do is keep your nose clean, work hard, and learn. And as long as they're willing to do that, they will do just fine in life. But the main thing is all these places that are hiring these qualified people, and I'm, I'm telling you, the refineries like down in, on the Ship Channel in Houston, they got jobs starting at 65000 a year for just high school or GED, you know, high school equivalents. But you got to be clean to go in there. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.